All right, everybody. Thank you so much. And welcome back for the Driven for Purpose podcast. I am your host, Amanda Bickham, here with a beautiful, lovely, talented guest, which I'm very excited to interview today. A gorgeous goddess who has done a lot of work on her own in self-work, self-growth and transformation coming from various different backgrounds and winding up into a place of self-empowerment. And so today on our topic of the show, which is recreating the American dream, I want to bring you our very special guest, Miss Aubrey Nichols. Hi, Hello. Aubrey. Oh, hello, Amanda. I wish I was there lounging with you in this beautiful tropical sunshine. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. One day, you know, one day there will be such abundance coming from this podcast that I can actually fly in people to come be in these paradise islands with me. Yes. That's just a yet. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for being here, Aubrey. I want to start with... um, because my audience probably doesn't know you, how would you begin to share yourself with this new audience? And I know you have, you'll be sharing this with your audience as well, but what would you like to share as far as who you are and what you're passionate about and what your what changes you're making in the world by being you today? So I would say my, I mean, if you were to ask me, I would say my name's Aubrey. I am a light bringer. I mm. am a writer. And hopefully when I'm gone, you'll remember me as the woman who puts self-love on the map. Mm. I'm a self-love advocate and really, um, but I mean, it wasn't always like that. (laughs) Yeah. So this is one of the reasons why I was really inspired by you. Um, We had a conversation about a week ago, a week and a half ago. And you shared with me some of your background. Now, self-love is like such a common word. Everybody's using it. I think it can be overused. But what I really think is at the root oftentimes of self-love is like the lack of self-love that oftentimes many of us who have put ourselves on these paths didn't feel. And mm-hmm. when we were having a conversation and I was about to you know, bring you on the podcast, you shared with me some of your, your history, your background, mm-hmm. um, your challenges, how you got to this point. So I found this to be really inspiring. And this is one of the reasons why I wanted to call the show Recreating the American Dream. Yeah. So I would love it if you want to kind of walk us through your background and what brought you to this path and kind of the ups and downs that you went through in order to bring self-love to yourself and, and to the rest of the world. Okay, sure. Yeah, I love the title. I love when you sent me the title, Recreating the American Dream. I thought that was just perfect um, because in a sense, you know, I was born the first of three daughters to a pretty um, privileged wife family, oil family in Houston, Texas. Mm-hmm. And it, my mom was a personal trainer and nutritionist. Um and a beauty queen and my dad, you know, is doing his thing. And at six years old, I don't know what happened. I just looked down my thighs and I thought they were too fat. Mm. At six years old, I remember I was, I was in the kindergarten, Jordache jeans on and I was in the kindergarten bathroom and I said, they look too big from this angle. And from there, you know, it was just a sort of the moving the carbs around my plate, eating disorder history, you know, iceberg lettuce with yellow mustard, um, until my mom wouldn't pay for that, and they threatened to put me in the hospital. So then I started vomiting, um, and then my sisters followed um, in my footsteps. Really, mm. all three girls had wicked eating disorders. Um, 
And, you know, at, at a certain time, I think it, I was like a bad anorexic. It got really exhausting, starving. It's like not the easiest thing to do. It's like much more, I'm much more of a bulimic, eat it and then vomit it up. Um, and I have a lot of rage. So, um, so then basically from there, um, I sort of switched tracks to like alcohol and drugs. Um, you know, I was like for a year I spent sort of on the pole as, as a, as a, exotic dancer if you will or most people just call them strippers but that was when I was like 18 just Mm. trying to find myself but really like that high of being seen by men it felt Mm. so good Mm. um so you know it's just a lifetime so that was my early 20s a lifetime of filling my insides with the outside trying to like walking around to people with this like emptiness in this void trying to get them to feel comforted and feel seen and, and, and just feel at ease. Cause I never did. And, um, so I went through life that way. And I mean, somewhat sick, unsuccessfully, but successful, you know, um, getting jobs and, um, and all of those things, but I was still pretty unhappy. Um, then I met this guy when I was 35 and, you know, I was about to go to grad school and sort of try to make something of myself and get another degree under my belt. And I walked down the aisle to this man. He was 30, I was 35, he was 41. And I thought I could hand over my emptiness to him. You know, I Mm. would life and I would never be lonely again. And, you know, three years later after that, into that marriage, um, he was like a lovely, generous man. You know, I had the houses and the pink diamonds and, you know, like the four screen Land Rover and the country boots and all of these things. And I was just the most miserable, miserable version of myself. (sighs) I even look at myself in the mirror. I was in a dance class and it was like, I diverted myself from the like seven mile a day treadmill routine that it became like so masochistic, but so normal. Like I literally didn't feel like I could leave the house unless I had run that amount of distance. And then I went into do dance class, which is not even a workout according to me, because you can't really calculate calorie burning. And then I just, I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror. I was like so disgusted. And so that was my breaking point. And then from there, um, from there, I just, I really got on this, I got really curious about having that sort of relationship to myself. And it was like, it was meditation, it was journaling, it was um, empowering affirmations that allowed me to change my state and realize that I had more power over the thoughts that I was thinking that were creating the emotions that I was feeling that had created the life that I had 35 years of my life that I had just lived. Yeah. Wow, there's like so much there. I, I feel I feel like I mean, even just starting, let's start with like the body image stuff, right? We are conditioned and 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 this is what we're conditioned by. Let's just think about your life and um your life with this mother who was a personal trainer and Miss America beauty, you know, like at this perfect you grew up in this quote perfect ideal American. I mean, you couldn't even have it even better, it seems like, from the outside looking in, right? Uh-huh. You know, parents are together, mom is gorgeous, very successful, like you have the 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 two sisters, you know, and yet regardless of this projection of how perfect things things seem to be, 
there is so often a disconnection. And I feel that this often comes from because we have been taught to believe what things should be like or what should be good or what should be, you know, fulfilling or whatever, we end up, if we have it, it's the Mm -hmm. deepest disconnection and the deepest isolation because it's like, my life is so good. Why am I not happy? And then, then here comes the guilt. And then here comes the shame of, Mm -hmm. you know, like I, I have it so good, whether you were in your marriage with your relationship or you were in your house with your family. And of course we all have the underbelly and the shadow sides to our childhoods and to our relationships that most people don't get to see. But what I think is so fascinating is so much of your story. I can imagine. And I, and will resonate with so many people because how many of us um, have, especially women have dealt with body image Mm. and how much of that has been because of the projection of what we should be and what we should look like and what we should um, embody or what is beauty. And I think that, you know, the Miss America beauty pageants and these are, this is a very, very Um, strong point of some of our disconnections and we judge ourselves based upon what somebody else has projected is, is, is beautiful. And unfortunately, I know a lot of people in the personal training world. I know a lot of people, even in the nutrition world, including myself Mm -hmm. who had so much control. I was in so much control. I was actually suffocating my life force. I looked good on the outside. I looked like I was super healthy. I looked like I was super fit. But what I was really doing was suffocating my vitality, my passion, my life force. And I'm curious for you, like how that journey was for you dealing with these things. And and I'm sure people perceived you Um, similar to, oh, she's got it all together and things are really great. So how was that journey for you of, of realizing and receiving maybe the projections from the outside and then coming to a deeper understanding and, and, and of self knowing from the inside? Well, there's a lot there too. I know. I mean, what it was for me is I realized, I think I'm such an empath as so many of us in this community are. Yeah. And I was just shrouded with other people's emotions and I didn't know what to do with them. Um, and I turned them in on myself. So there are a lot of negative emotions. And also I was really ashamed with about how energetic I was. Don't be this. It's too loud. Don't be this. You're too hyper. You know, it was better to be cool and relaxed, um, as a kid Mm. and calm. And like, I was always like full of energy. Like I have my mini trampoline I'm just staring at right now. It's like, because I really am, I have that much energy. And, um, but it was really feeling bad about who I was at the core. Um, Mm. and then looking in the mirror and, Uh, really just being addicted to that not enoughness and my eyes were honestly broken. And I I do think I have like a little bit of dysmorphia and like, I have to remind myself that when I look in the mirror, like what I see is not exactly what's happening. Yeah. What's really happening because I'm so addicted to beating myself up and Mm. it, it, it is my, one of my most familiar and comfortable states. It, thank God is not as, it is definitely as familiar, but it's definitely not as comfortable as it used to be, Mm -hmm. you know, sort of like 
um, I catch myself quicker. Yeah. But, you know, and I do believe that that's like my mom's and her mom's feelings that they never get felt. And I took those on and, you know, it's like passed down from generations and this like scarcity and not enoughness and not good enough. And, um, you know, she was overwhelmed with three children. I mean, and, you know, and I just, I just saw what she was telling her clients. I heard her clients, her, her talking to her clients on the phone, like make sure you're sitting down and eating your meal with a full glass of water. And I just like made those rules my own. Like she cooked us healthy meals. There was no sort of like, I mean, we were a healthy, probably one of the healthiest families in Texas, that's for sure. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's, I guess now it's freeing to really own the story or own the possibility of like how this, how the, that narrative took shape, but be able to like, let it go and yeah. own the, like own creating a new one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was through, yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of what I'm, that's, that's where I'm at. I don't know if that answered your, your question. Yeah. I mean, my, my curiosity is what are some of the things like, so you said that you used to do affirmations and you used to, uh, or you would, this is how you kind of started to get yourself out of it by doing affirmations. But for people who, let's say people who have never even like they deep down know that something isn't right. Because I think that this is what the American dream projects on us. Like mm -hmm. you should be healthy. You should have a partner. Your success yeah. should be in how healthily the partnership is. Your success should be in how well, how much money you're earning and, and, and how well you're doing in society. And if you have children, this is like the next step. Once you've kind of completed all of these levels, let's say you go to college, yeah. you get the good degree, you, you know, get the partnership, you get the house, then you have more space. Now the success comes in your, in your children. And for someone who is like, damn, I've let's say completed, because I feel like um, oftentimes it's a game that we get to play um, yeah. or that we choose to play unconsciously. Oftentimes I'm going to play this game because this is the game that was given to me and this is what everybody else is playing. And that's what deems successful. And I want to be successful to other people because then that's my measure of success within myself. For someone who is starting to feel within themselves that there's something missing. Mm -hmm. I'm doing the things because I'm sure that's what you this need to achieve and need for more. It's really a feeling of there's something missing. There's something not complete within myself. So for mm -hmm. someone who is at that stage, and if you can think back to before you looked in your eyes and you remembered like, wow, this was, uh, yeah. what would you, what would you, how would you support them? How would you um, encourage them to look deeper or to, what tools would you give them? What message would you share for someone who hasn't quite yet hit that breaking point, but they're hearing this podcast and they're realizing that the game that they've been playing actually isn't bringing them the promised land of what they thought it would. Yeah. Okay. So that's a great, yeah, I love that. Cause it's really hard to think back then, but I know that whenever there's, I, I, and I didn't know this now, but I do know 
I was trying to solve an inside soul, soul sickness with an outside solution. So anytime I went to go get my nails done, I remember I would have this like disease, like I feel uncomfortable and I would go to get my nails done and I would fucking rip them a new asshole. Like it's not perfect enough. It's not good enough. Mm. It was like, it was like, it was like, you know, if you got me my, went to the hairdresser on the wrong day and they, and it's like, I was feeling that sense of not enoughness. I would take it out on them because there's no amount of blonde balayage that they could do for me. And it was not white enough. It was not bright enough. Um, it was, it, that would be good enough to soothe what that like ache inside me. So I think that that's a key thing. So realize it's like, if you're feeling like something's missing, if, are you feeling like something's missing? Like, I don't know, you're maybe not getting enough kale in your diet and you're not like, you, you know, is it like an, or is it like something inside your soul? And I mm. think the only way I kind of figured that out well, I know I do this in some of the workshops I teach, but it's getting, it's like sitting, meditation is like really key. Just getting quiet with yourself, getting to know yourself. And this is not even accepting yourself, liking yourself, loving yourself. This is like getting to know, getting intimate with yourself and what your inner mean girl or inner critic is saying. And so what did she say? Like I go through this like list, like when, she, what do you, what is, what does my inner critic say when I look in the mirror? Mm. Well, she says, I mean, she never says I'm good enough. Barely ever. Maybe like one day a month. Mm. <laughs> Thank you, Harmos. You know, when I'm late for work, when I'm writing, uh, trying to write out an essay or when I'm working on my book, what does she say? When I'm, you know, when I eat whatever I want, what does she say? Mm. Um, and so I would try to say, like, really notice, get quiet with yourself. And I use the insight timer to get really, really practical. Mm. Um, and I look, use Sarah Blondin. I love her. She's, me she's, too. she's yeah. incredible. Uh, Cause music really gets me in that heart space. Cause mm. here's the deal. If you're in this like fear contraction space, mm. it's really hard to go inward and to, see that the you that you're trying to really look at. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, whatever, like move your body in motion, there's emotion. So try to like get some juices and energy flowing. For me, music really helps. Um, and even if it's sad music, it's okay. Like play shallow by that. Um, I don't know what, I have no idea what a star is born. That's like mm. an old, bring the Lady Gaga song. But yeah, just really get into that heart space and try to say like, well, you know, little Aubrey, little girl, like what are you feeling right now? Like, mm -hmm. and I don't know, it's just like getting intimate with myself and really that allowed me doing that on a daily basis. And I'm talking like first a minute, then five minutes now, you know, multiple times a day this meditation, it changed my life. Yeah. Um, Cause that was really at the same time I started that I had that, you know, dance studio episode that really kicked off my self love journey. I would definitely say that meditation was the first step. Mm -hmm. And if I would have known that like sitting down and getting quiet with myself would have um, made me feel so good, I would have done it a lot earlier. Cause I felt that way always. Yeah. I always felt like I was looking at myself 
from the outside saying you're not doing it right, Aubrey. You're not doing life right. So, yeah, so I think that that was it. And also morning pages, the three pages of more of the three pages of stream of consciousness writing from Julia Cameron's book, The Artist's Way. Mm. It's not rocket science. It's a fact it's the complete opposite. It's like, like vomit on the page and whatever is in your mind. And the purpose of that is to just like clear the plaque you know, it'll look at your words on the page without judgment. Yeah. And oh, and also, some here is something amazing that listeners like really have to key into. That are the thoughts that I was thinking once I put them on a page, I realized that they were not me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, holy moly! In some, you know, the thoughts were not me. I am mm-hmm. not the thoughts. Those are just thoughts. Mm-hmm. And so that's another thing that journaling did for me and really mm-hmm. allowed me to distance myself from those thoughts, which created my whole way of being and my whole way of living and the way I saw myself and related to others. Um, and so if I could do that with thoughts that were negative um, then I could do that with thoughts that were positive. And so that was like the shift. Then I started writing mm-hmm. intentions in the present statement, in the yeah. present state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think journaling is such a powerful tool for, and it's what I use for all my clients. It's one of the biggest pieces. Yeah, 100%. It's like for anyone who chooses to work with me, when we sit down for that first meeting, I say you need to have a fresh journal, a clean journal, because this is how you become aware of the unconscious thoughts that are constantly playing out in your mind. And so for all the listeners and people who are tuning into this, if there's one thing you take away, use this journal exercise and whether you do the morning pages or you write down the affirmations or there's many pieces that you've shared. Um, and I think that this is really, really powerful. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to ask Aubrey to share us now where she is. So she was in this marriage. She went through all of these different struggles around the not good enough story. And she's transformed her life, but it's not in the way that most people maybe would have thought that the American dream would have ended. So we're going to take a quick break. And as soon as we come back, I'm going to share, let Aubrey share more of her world with where she is now. All right, you guys, thank you so much for tuning into this episode on self-love and recreating the American dream. I am here with Aubrey Nichols. And if you listen to the first part of the episode, you heard a lot of kind of what her struggles were and what her challenges were and how she grew up in the American dream and continued to strive for the American dream and ended up in a marriage and everything from the outside looking in was perfect from from the inside out. There was a lot of disconnection and a lot of fear and challenge and struggle. And now Aubrey sits here living in LA, having shifted her life completely. And Aubrey, why don't you take us to this moment when you were in this marriage, realizing that you were not happy? What did you do? How did you shift that? And how has that turned into the life that you're living now? Okay. Um, yeah. So I, I realized that something had to change. Um, So funny enough, I was sitting in my therapist's office and she said, "Um, yeah, I don't know. There's this book that's out there. It's about this like woman, this Japanese like interior designer. And she's like, 
she asks you to go through your things, asking yourself what sparks joy. So I was like, all right, that's it. So I left the therapist's office and I was in New York City at the time and I got on the city bike and I, I went to the bookstore in Soho and yeah, Jackson McNally. And I went to get the books um, Marie Kondo's, uh, the, un, the magic of tidying up. And so this book is all about making your place is filled with things that make you happy, putting, pulling out the crap, anything that sort of has served its purpose. You let it go, say, thank you for its service. You send it on its way. But the way that you figure out what, what stays, what, you know, with your clothes and your books and your blankets and your papers and your pictures is you go through and touch each item and you just ask, um, does this spark joy? And if it doesn't, uh, then it's, it's fine. And so you're left with a lot of stuff that makes just, that makes you happy and that brings a smile to your face. Um, so I had, I was so, I was married at the time to this man and, um, I also, he was not around very much. He was like living elsewhere. And, um, and um, I had made our home like surrounded by pink, sparkly sunflowers. I was like, this is great. I was working out with my friends, doing this crazy part of um, crazy cardio paired with affirmations that was really sort of like lighting me up from a physical standpoint. But I realized that when he came back that like he, there was a clear disconnect. Like he didn't spark mm. joy because mm. everything in my life, I'm, everything in my life was bringing me joy and it was very clear and he just didn't fit. And mm. um, I was just vibing so high. And so not in a bad way, but we um, separated and then divorced. But from there um, I just got more intently on the self-love journey. And I wrote throughout the whole process. And um, in fact, I'm working on selling a memoir right now, which is titled Enough, How I Stopped Searching, Starving, and Striving, and became, mm. became the one of my dreams. Um, mm. But when you talk about recreating the American dream, I was 38, like in the sort of point of my childbearing years when the doctor, when the slope is going like straight down, they're like, mm. you better have kids now. And I'm like, Hey, I'm going to leave this situation that is not letting me be my best self. and is actually killing my spirit. I'm going to take my mini trampoline. You can keep your money. I've got my own because I'm not very much and my writing table. And I'm going to go start my life in my own a studio apartment built for one. And mm. I sold my wedding dress so I could buy a couch. And that's oh. kind of, you know, and, and that was like the beginning of like the most beautiful love story of all, the one I have with myself. And I can just say that I so love myself yeah. today. And like, I just, I mean, it affects everything. It affects it does. the time I go to bed. It affects the food I put in my body, the, the company I keep, what I'll read and listen to. I mean, it's, it's the greatest relationship of all. Oh. Even if it started at like 
Yeah, 36. Even if it's, yeah, that's okay, you know? And I yeah. think, you know, one of the things that, you know, a lot, of the, a lot of my audience knows that I talk about sex and relationships and I always say, like, be the best lover you've ever had. I, have, I work with so many women who want a relationship. They're badass entrepreneurs, CEOs, like really powerful, empowered women. And they have everything except for the relationship. And oftentimes it's because we haven't yet cultivated that inner marriage, that inner relationship with ourselves and become our own best lover. And I think what's so powerful about your story, Aubrey, is that I work with a lot of women in their late 30s and mm -hmm. they've spent the majority of their life getting and being successful in the, you know, in independent and strong and driven and all of these things. And now they're starting to get to where, okay, if I'm going to have children, I need to have them within like the next five years. And there's this pressure. And um, I think it's really powerful that instead of just choosing like, holy shit, if I want kids, I need to just make this work, which yeah. wouldn't have brought children into a good environment. It wouldn't have brought this beautiful, loving. So instead you chose your, you chose yourself, not your ego of I should have children if I'm going to have them now. And if not, like all of these fear-based scarcity stories, it's like, no, I need to parent my inner child and I need to be my own best lover. And if I can, instead of again, choosing, oh, children will make me happy or this is what I'm supposed to do saying, you know what? I need to choose me and I need to choose my own path and my own experience. And even if I'm leaving all the things that I've been taught that I need, I'm obviously sitting here and it's leaving me empty. So I'm just going to go off on my own. And so I think that this will speak to a lot of women who are at this point in their life, who are at this fear-based place in their life where it's like, well, the clock is ticking. And um, to choose, I mean, to choose to say, okay, well, this might not be a part of my reality. Even if I really wanted this to be a part of my reality, it might not. And can I surrender to that and realize that maybe spirit or my path is different than what I thought it should be? Because obviously oh. I did what everybody said I should. And I'm sitting here being like, what the hell is going on? You know? It's so true, Amanda. It's a, it's a, and it may not be a part of my reality right now. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, God, like my universe, it's, there's Never a different, know plan for me. Like yeah. my youngest baby sister, you know, just had a baby a week ago. That's not my road. I'm not on mm. that journey. I mm. mean, I've like lived in New York 20 years. I'm here in LA. I'm like, yeah. this, you know, living with a married couple. It's just not yeah. my journey. I'm doing something yeah. different here. Yeah. And, um, and yeah. And I think that it's what I'm doing here. It's really fun. And to stay out of the compare and despair, because honestly, there's no despair in like getting nine hours of sleep a night and like getting to like help women who, and like help women get on their self-love journey. And yeah, I mean, and being creatively fulfilled and have like lots of hours to write. Yeah. It's really, it's like, it's, I really love, I love what I'm doing. And I also am a late bloomer, you know, I just, I spent so many of my years sort of entrenched and dancing with my various addictions. Yeah. I yeah. gotta give myself a, 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 a like a, a beat and also like some loving kindness because like I was in the throes of one addiction or the other for a long time. And now I'm definitely on, 
you know, it was just two years ago, I started eating peanut butter and avocado freaking changed my life. Yeah. (laughs) It's open up when you start eating, when you feed your brain I'm 15 years sober. Um, you know, so things are, I just got started a little later and that's just fine. And that's beautiful. We also live a lot later as well. Yeah, you know? that's I mean, before true, we right? used to die at like 60 and then it was 80 and now it's like 100. So I think that one of the things that we get to do in creating a new reality for ourselves as individuals, we get to understand that, um, first of all, it's not about what everybody has done. It's about what we get to do. And it's about following our own intuition. It's about following our own path. And when we can let go of keeping up with the Joneses, realizing that the Joneses reality might not be what our destiny or our desire really is, we create so much more expansion and freedom, not only for ourselves, but also for all of the, the rest of humanity. We get to be leaders of examples of this is what happiness is for someone and this is what happiness is for someone else. And neither one is good or bad or right or wrong. They're different. And I believe this is really about encouraging people to find their own inner dance and their own inner expression of what it is that brings them alive. Mm -hmm. And so you said you're writing a book and what else, how else do you support these women who are in these challenging pivotal moments of their lives? How are you showing up and, and being able to support the collective through their own journey of letting go of the story and the shame of not doing the things the way that the rest of society has said we should? Well, I think that I have a pretty sort of raw and real, um, say it like it is, presence on Instagram. I try to bring who I really am and what I've been through um, to to the gram. Um, I try to keep it funny too, you know, sort of a day in the life. Um, And, you know, when like in – other times outside right now, Corona times, uh, I would say that I teach self-love workshops. <laughs> mm. Yeah, right. Now I'm um, going to do it from my computer. IGTV, I hello. <laughs> I know. And um, so I do that and just like and through my writing and, um, you know, I'm actually, I'm just trying to, fa- trying to figure out, I mean, writing is what I love, but I'm just trying to figure out where my little... I mean, IG is probably my platform yeah. for now. What I do with that, who knows? I mean, um, I think, I mean, I'm interested to see a lot of things will change. Um, technology is changing. I think um, the Corona is going to change the way we relate to social media. I think these sort of um, uh, living my best life posts aren't going to play out in the next two weeks, a month, however long it will last. So I wonder how that um, landscape will change. And, mm-hmm. um, and so I'm, yeah, I'm just interested to sort of be a part of it and, um, and, and contribute. Yeah, I really am trying to step into this role of like teacher. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a teacher, I'm, I'm here and I have a lot to give and I want to contribute. So Mm. that's yeah. where the true abundance lies right <laughs> and and your ability to show up for yourself and others yeah and, and give that gift back yeah and I think I am living the American dream yeah it's I'm it's a it's a new American dream you know it's it like is. The, it's rewriting like how do you want your dream to be fulfilled what fulfills you I mean I've never really wa- I've never really wanted 
the marriage or the kids. Um, that's never been my path. I never walked down the road of typical job, you know, go to corporate, all of these, even my college, I was always like, I'm on the 10 year plan. And like, you know, I went all over the place in order to find, and I also feel like I'm living the American dream, but it's not the dream that most people stereotypically would have said, um, is the American dream. It's not what we are conditioned. It's not what we are programmed. It's like, we're free. We don't have kids. We don't have obligations. We don't have a mortgage. We don't have all these things. I'm like, Ooh, that feels amazing and exciting in my body. You know, I can do what I want when I yes. want, how I want. My body still looks really great. It functions well. You know, I I'm so, so grateful for being, um, outside the box. And I think that there's so many different ways to be outside the box. And mm-hmm. I love that we brought this conversation to the podcast because it gives people an opportunity to be like, okay, what's the story I have been living? Is that most authentically aligned with myself? And if not, how can I continue to align myself with a life that feels true and real to me, not what the rest of the world says? Yeah, I think, Amanda, that's so true. And I think for all the listeners out there, it's like, imagine when you feel most alive, right? Yeah. And and it's like, and then sort of like write that down. When do you feel most me? When do you yes. like self? When do you feel most alive? And that's the feeling you want to chase. And for me, it's when I have felt most alive, it's like, I know it was, I was at a, I was running a workshop at, at a big, huge, large insurance corporate um, place getting paid lots of money to r- run that workshop. I had my booty shorts underneath my uh, skirt. I rode the city bike home, met my friends on the West side highway, pulled off my skirt, put my tennis shoes on through my city bike and like it was mine by the tree and started working out with my friends and then ate dinner afterwards. It was like a summer night. Like that's how I roll. Yes. Free, yeah. free, free, yeah. free, free and healthy and lots of breathing and moving and you you can't really do that when you have like kids and a mortgage and like I mean maybe it's a different you can. reality maybe it's a different reality it's a different reality but I think that that's chase the feeling not yeah, chase the feeling yeah 100% so get embodied get in your body feel alive let that speak over the mind and over the stories that we allow ourselves to create to be this the ultimate dream like can we recreate the american dream in the way that feels the most aligned to you even if you're 30 five or 38 or 30, whatever, 40. And you're like, what am I doing? I believe that like we can start again. And I've had a lot of clients come to me who are actually like in their fifties and they're in this place of like, I feel like I don't want my life to end. The old paradigm is around 50. You just start to like, okay, your, your job is to be with the kids and to just can just wait until your life slowly deteriorates. And I feel like so often now many people who have come and shared their lives with me. I'm in my fifties. I've been in a marriage for 20 years. I don't want to be in it anymore. I'm ready to be free. I'm ready to experience what I never got to experience. And I think that this is so, so, so exciting and powerful because I believe like you have the first chapter of your life and then you have the second chapter and the second chapter can be even better. I mean, I know it always is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. Well, Aubrey, how can people find you? I know that Instagram is your platform. So obviously you want to give us that handle or any websites or any other material. I know you have your book coming out. I don't know if you have a free gift that you have for people, but anything that you want to share for people who are wanting to tune in and, and follow you more, how can they get a hold of you? Um, great. So you can follow me on Instagram on the gram, Aubrey, A-U-B-R-E-E dot Nichols, N-I-C-H-O-L-S. Um, from there, you can find my website. Um, 
you can, yeah, I mean, and it has all my info. And then, yeah, I definitely would love to, to your audience to, I don't know how you figure out who's the lucky winner or if, if they feel lucky, but I'd love to give them a free consultation, hour long coaching consult. Um, awesome. So I think what we can do is for anybody who's listening, what you'll have to do is you have to go over to Aubrey and then follow her. I'm going to give her some um, promo material so she can share it on her Instagram and find that post and, and, and tag and say, Hey, I want to, I want a free consultation and whoever ends up sharing it, or we'll figure out a way you can tune into how you want to give that gift, but go over there, follow her, find that post and tag yourself in it. And then we can figure out some rules around how to play. Who can maybe we even do like a random lottery or something, or you can yeah. figure out how you want to do well, that. It's great. And then we can see, I also run a self-love boot camp, which is virtual. So Fantastic. all of that good stuff is online, but I'm just so glad to meet you and connect with all of you eventually. And thank you so much, Amanda, for having me. Thank you, Aubrey. Thanks for sharing your gold and your wisdom and your light and your, your, your spirit, um, the spirit that has been set free when it was out of the cages of what it was told it needed to be. So thank you so much. All right, you guys, we'll see you next time on the Driven for Purpose show.